So it's been a while since I've been here. Uh, it was back in November. So since then, we've had many celebrations. We've had Thanksgiving, Advent, Winter Solstice, Christmas, New Year's, and yesterday, on Friday, it was the Epiphany. A lot in a short time, a lot of beginnings, a lot of newness. And every year we celebrate these holidays, and many times we have an opportunity to look back and reflect or just move forward. And I don't know about you, but I tend not to look back and reflect. I tend to just want to lunge forward into the new, you know. Make, Diane, I think, mentioned it last, last week, you know, not wanting to start something new, but finish what I did last year. So years ago, I had a planner, and I had this planner. It was jam-packed, and my girlfriend would look at me and say, when do you have time to be still and to sit? I said, when I sleep, and I think sleeping is overrated, you know. I mean, it was just, I was always go, go, go. And that same friend also pointed out to me when I used to go skiing, I would just ski down, get on the lift, go up, ski down, get on the and just, she said, do you ever just stop and look at what you just conquered? And at that moment, we did. And it really helped me to see and feel better about my skiing and feel better about what I have just done and be able to maybe conquer something else. So as I've gotten older, I've definitely slowed down. I'm not in so much of a hurry. Had an opportunity to become still and listen. And last week, a good friend of mine gave me a, a journal. And on the cover, it says, She's extraordinary. She is creative. She is intelligent. She is phenomenal. She is confident. She is kind. She is important. She is magical. She is authentic. She is amazing. I am she. She is me. And I was just like, wow. And I've chosen to use this journal every day. I read the cover of it. And then I go in and I put down, I write down, what I accomplished that day, what I feel good about accomplishing that day. Instead of reflecting on what spirit is telling me, instead of reflecting on what I need to let go of, I'm looking at what I've done in that one day that I feel really good about. Today is, uh, 30 years ago today, I left corporate America to start my own business. It's a big deal. I don't think I ever celebrated 20 or 25 years, but for some reason, when I woke up the other day and realized I was gonna be speaking on my 30 year anniversary of leaving corporate America to have my own business, it was just like, wow, it's time to celebrate that and, and, and just look at how far I've come and I'm just so grateful. And, you know, I think that's also helped. I, have I mentioned that I do a gratitude on Thursday? Gratitude class. <laughs> I'm so grateful. And that's really helped me to be in that place of looking at all the things, even the things I don't like, because I've, I've been around long enough to know that the things I don't like teach me also. The things I don't like help me to grow, help me to grow my heart, help me to expand. You know, our culture... In the United States, we push, we push, we drive. In other countries, they work to live, and here we, we live to work. And this new year, we talk about intentions and new beginnings and finish what we started. And 
knowing that today I wanted my message to be a spiritually principled antidote to the idea that we have to push all the time. I and of course I had to experience this, right? So I happened to look at my planner, you know, like my jobs, what I have coming up this month, and, and it's really slim. There's not a lot going on. And of course, my like I'm like, oh my God, I gotta get on the phone, I gotta do this, I gotta da 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 da. I'm like, wait a minute. I can't be having this talk and responding that way, especially knowing what I know after being in business for 30 years. Like, I don't need to do that. I have to remember that for many, many, many years, Spirit says, let go, Teresa. Let me show up in ways you cannot even imagine. So this is not me. When I create something, it's not me. It's God, the God within me. But I have to leave time and space to go in and listen to what that God is guiding me to do. So I turned in. I said, okay, Spirit, what is mine to do? I wrote this talk. I made a few phone calls. I sent out a few emails. I made turkey soup. And I went to yoga classes all week. And it was great. <laughs> and I'm not going to fret. Maybe on January 31st I'll fret. But there's a lot of time between now and then. And by the way, we have a week's vacation between now, now and then too. But, you know, the winter solstice was December 21st. And I had a celebration. It was The winter solstice is the shortest day of the year and the longest night. And what the celebration is about is the days are now going to be getting longer after the 21st. So the brightness is coming back. And the winter season is a season of introspection, a season of reflection. And we're in that season. And yes, lately it's been like, are we really? I mean, some days it's been 60 degrees out, but we are, I assure you. The days are definitely, well, now they're getting longer. I'm actually even noticing that they're getting longer. But either way, in the winter, we're beckoned to go within. We're beckoned to be quiet and to be still. Listening to the things that you previously either didn't hear or didn't want to hear. It's the best time to contemplate and to embrace what is new, what is possibly what is yours to do that's new. But not start it. Start thinking about it and asking for guidance about it. Winter Solstice celebrates the presence of spirit and the power of faith and hope as we sit in the darkness and at the same time we have visions of the future that will come to light. Yeah, in America, we don't usually do that. I know I didn't do that. And I'm so grateful for the winter solstice that I created this year that because I am doing that now. It helped me to be mindful of the days and to plan and to plant seeds for what I want to harvest later in the year. And also, you know, seasons aren't necessarily exactly like the way the calendars have them. We all have seasons in our lives, right? Like, for example, when we go from being in school to the working world, going from single to being married, right? That's a season, that's a, a new coming, becoming a parent, retiring. These are all different seasons that we have in our life. They're beginnings and they're considerations on how do I wanna be in this role? Carl Jung talked about the second half of life, not necessarily in alignment with the yearly calendar. He says, 
The first half of life, we build a container. And in the second half of life, we inhabit it. So I'm middle-aged, and when my mind is telling me no, now my body also tells me no. <laughs> a little frustrating, but it's the truth. And it's also time for me to realize I, you know, I have more time behind me than in front of me on this planet, right? And I'm, so I'm not in as much of a hurry as I mentioned earlier. And there's Ecclesiastes in chapter three, and maybe we know the scripture through the song, Turn, Turn, Turn by the birds. But the scripture goes like this, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to begin and a time to end. So we're going to take this information and align it to knowing we have to hold in our life, in our mind, two completely opposite ideas at the same time. Truth one, you and I are birthless, deathless, changeless, eternal expressions of infinite power. Rock solid truth, one with God in this infinite life. You and I are powerful and limitless. We can do anything. Got it? Okay. <laughs> now we're going to throw in the second truth. We're human. We definitely had a birth. We definitely had a death, or will have a death. We'll experience the full spectrum of human experiences, including illness and loss of those we love, struggle, sadness, depression, disappointment, frustration. We'll get sick, but when we do, we now know not to practice metaphysical mal malpractice, right? We apply the law of consciousness, the law of cause and effect, the law of mind action. We apply it to ourselves. And we ask ourselves questions like, there's a pattern here. Is there something that I'm thinking that I should pay attention to? But as far as one another, we apply the law, but we apply love to one another. That's all we do for one another. We let ourselves take our own inventory. Because we are always both divine and human, fully right here and right now. How do we navigate a human lifetime with all the texture and stay grounded in this truth. This is what today's teaching is about. Practices and tools to navigate all of it. Coming back to the beginning. Ernest Holmes once said, humanity is divinity made visible. I loved that when I read it. Humanity is divinity made visible. The first key to stop making our humanity wrong is to not push our humanity off or out. We find the capacity to hold it, to integrate it. When we're willing to do that transformation, spiritual insight will occur in the middle of whatever's going on, whether it's tragedy or joy. God is here in all situations, but it's the challenging ones that we have a hard time finding God, right? But there's a beckoning at those times, to come into this human experience and find God. God is here with us all the time, right in here. Life is full and abundant in this minute, no matter what's going on. And so we begin from there. I want to go back to the four seasons. In springtime, 
We're creating newness, beginnings full of energy and possibilities. There's so much excitement about beginnings. Sometimes I know, for me, that's why I want to lunge right into doing, right? The summer is a season of fullness in life, where we are in the middle of everything and everything is flowing and moving. And there's another solstice in the summer also. Everything is supported or sourced by divine energy. So maybe you're in a spring or a summer or a fall. Fall is harvest. You're reaping the rewards and benefits of your experience and expression. And then winter. Winter, from the surface, it appears. Everything has died. Nothing new is happening. No harvest, no fullness, a sense of emptiness. But the winter solstice teaches us if we move into this emptiness, we are renewed. We go into the silence, the stillness, and ask ourselves, what do we want? What do we love? What do we want to do? How can I serve? When we move into that cool, clean energy of nothingness, we're rejuvenated and renewed. And I'm not talking about clinical depression or anything like that. I'm talking about natural cycles of what's happening in the world and happens in our body and happens in our life. Some of us want to push it away. I remember when I was going through a big grief process, I didn't want to feel anger. I stuffed that anger aside. Oh, yeah. Although, it was interesting, I kept attracting very angry people into my life. And uh, my therapist said, well, well, I think you need to express some anger. Anyway, it, it, it did happen. It all happened in one weekend. Thank God that was it. And I got to move on from there. But um, we have to ask these deep questions. And have you ever heard the expression, ready, aim, fire? Yeah. Well, for many years, and still sometimes now, I get excited and I just go, ready, fire. <laughs> ready, fire, right? So this time of the year is about contemplating the aim, right? Contemplating the right aim. The spring creative energy gets me going and I want to just launch, you know? And the winter is a time where the trees actually, again, can teach us. Because we look at the trees in the winter and we think nothing's going on, right? I just found this out when I did this research for this talk. What's happening in the winter, all the sap from the branches goes back down the trunk and goes into the roots. And the roots are actually taking from Mother Earth, from the sustenance that it needs to be able to go through the spring and the summer. So there's a lot going on, but it's happening within the tree. It's happening where we can't see it. And it's just another opportunity for us to see how, even though it looks like nothing's going on, when we go in, there's something going on. There's an opportunity to listen. So the young spring trees for me are refreshing and exciting. The deeper summer green leaves give me shade for the sun from the sun. The stunning fall colors amaze my eyes and brighten the slowly darkening days. And the stark winter branches that contrast so beautifully with the sun and the sky are profound to me, like the black tree branches with the bright sun behind it or the sunset. So the winter is called the dormant time, but it's not really dormant. If we're doing 
what we should be doing. Not should be. I don't want to be shooting on anybody. But it's a great time to be going in and listening. We get, we get that darkness so that we can do that. Because if the trees didn't go have the sap go down into the roots and do what they did, when it came time for the trees that actually bear fruit, they wouldn't have enough energy to bear the fruit come fall. So let's now look at our, ourselves. If we don't take time to go into our heart and ask the important questions, if I don't take time to go back to the beginning again, if I don't go back to what came first, call it God, call it oneness, call it divinity, call it whatever you want, but if I don't take time to go back to that, what I want to create is not going to be as fruitful. So, the winter reminds us to be still. The energy of the winter is about going in. It is from that darkness that the true self, the desires and inspirations come from. Now, when negative emotions come up, we may feel they're inconvenient, uncomfortable, or worse, we make ourselves wrong for having them. When we fear our own darkness, we cut ourselves off from an essential source of our own personal power. The key is not letting darkness overwhelm our lives, but understanding that darkness can be one of the greatest catalysts for personal growth. In fact, embracing that darkness may be an essential component on our journey toward enlightenment. By allowing ourselves to feel our emotions and experience our darkness, it allows us for our inner light to get brighter and brighter. We can use the energy of winter to change the direction of our lives with intention. This is a time to acknowledge the endings and new beginnings in our life. A time to honor our past, but also a time to make space to clear room for what you want to create in the coming year. If you can trust that the return of brighter days are ahead, you can truly rest in the peace of the darkness. It's time to let new life and inspiration build slowly so that by the time spring comes, you will be bursting with new ideas and energy. Now, we got a little thrown off here because the winter solstice and then we've got Christmas and then we had New Year's. So there's all this celebration that was going on. But that's over with, right? So we truly can get into this place right now of chilling out and going within, taking time for ourselves, the self-care that I heard people talking about. Give yourself space to be quiet. Now, you may want to ask yourself, what season am I in? Just know that whatever season that you are in right now is sacred and rich. And as we get into this moment, and we live from this moment, scripture says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It doesn't say the kingdom is at hand only when we're in joy. The kingdom at heaven is at hand all the time. Now, what if this moment sucks? What do we do then? We live it. We feel it, right? We have to feel it to heal it. That's how our wholeness happens. And then from that place, eventually we get to feel the joy. But if we don't feel it, like I said before, I was angry. There was anger in me. I couldn't express it. So universe, spirit, whatever you want to call it, kept putting angry people into my life. <laughs> That's a story for another day, but it was pretty amazing. And 
I just kept looking around like, why do I have so many angry people around me? <laughs> anyway, um, David White says, disappointment is a friend of transformation. What we call disappointment may be the first stage of our emancipation into the next greater pattern of existence. Helen Keller said, to me, the only definition of happiness is wholeness. So how do we honor our wholeness? How do we honor our struggle and our grief and everything that's going on? We honor it by knowing that God is in all of it. And we also remember that this too shall pass. The branches that have no leaves on them know that that's just a season that's going to pass. And they're going to get leaves again. There are many places in the Bible that remind us of our power and what we have going, on, going for us here. One such place is my favorite Psalm 23. For me, the year of 2023 will be about beginning again and again by living into Psalm 23. It reminds me of my wholeness and my oneness, and it speaks to God in my life. So I'm going to share Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. So right there, they're talking about relationship, right? Relationship with the Lord. I shall not want prosperity, right? He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside still waters. That's love. That's God taking care of me. He restores my soul. That's healing. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. That's God's guidance. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. That's courage. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That's the I am strength and protection within each and every one of us. Thou preparest a table for me in the presence of my enemies. That's hope. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. That's abundance. Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. That's faith. Knowing, walking around, surely goodness follows me all the days of my life. God is always with me. To know that, to stand in that truth, and allow my creativity to come from that place. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's eternity. So I'll sum this up with coming back to one of the celebrations from the most recent past that I mentioned earlier, which is the Epiphany. The Epiphany was Friday, the 6th. And the Epiphany is when the Magi, or the wise men, arrived to honor the birth of baby Jesus. The symbolism of this is, in the stillness of the moment, or in the winter, we honor the rebirth of our own Christ light and trust its per perfection and purity, the rebirth of our own Christ light. So let's celebrate this epiphany as you awaken anew in the innocence, joy, and wonder that are yours to express. Radiate the light of truth, share your divine gifts, and create the life you choose as you begin again and again. I want to say thank you. I'm your sister in prayer, possibility, and power. I see you. I appreciate you. And I love you. 
Until we see each other again, know that you are blessed and a blessing.